0: Hey there and welcome to the Two Mom Life Podcast, a show for moms like us balancing it all and ready to live an inspired and full life. Everybody, welcome. I'm your host Jody Freed, mom of four, Jewish community professional, and mother's empowerment coach. Motherhood is a journey and on this podcast, inspired by Jewish thought, you will learn from other moms receive practical advice and loads of inspiration. Motherhood is messy and certainly not perfect. So here is to mom life, to finding your way, to finding perfect moments. Here is to you. How often have you been overwhelmed when you take a look at all the artwork that your kids are bringing home from daycare, from school every week. And you're just like, your mind wants to explode. Or have you ever felt overcome by fear when you think about that arts and crafts section table in your house and you're like, oh my gosh, it's either taken over your whole house and is totally out of control Or maybe you've gone totally the opposite direction and have decided not to do arts and crafts at home and like to go out for that. But you don't have paint in the house. You don't have construction paper. You just have the basics, some markers, some crayons and some paper because you are so afraid of it all getting out of hand. Or maybe there are toys all over your living room and you just don't know how to contain them. If you are struggling or working through any one of these pain points, this is the episode for you. I am so excited to be bringing Amy Wilson onto the Two Mom Life podcast. She is an interior designer. She is a rock star. And she has packed this episode with tips and tricks and tools to help you mamas take control of your spaces and really create the spaces that you deserve, the spaces that you want to be in. Tune in. This is gold. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. I hope you enjoy. And please remember to share your thoughts with us on Instagram, on Facebook, share to your stories. We'll share it back. And um, if you can, if you have the time, leave us a review on iTunes that helps other moms just like you find us and get the support they need as they go through the journey of motherhood, which we all know is not easy. And we can use all the support that we can get. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Two Mom Life podcast. This is going to be such a fun interview for me because Amy Wilson and I are cousins, like distant cousins. And this is just like so cool, um, she's an interior designer, a, a real rock star. She lives in Australia. How cool is that? And um, and she's going to talk to us today about lots of things regarding design of our homes and organization. Amy, I'm going to turn it over to you to just introduce yourself, and then we have a lot of really juicy, super practical. Um, topics to address today. So Amy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into interior design?
1: Sure. Thanks so much, Jody. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited. Um, Basically, I'm sure your listeners can hear I've got a bit of an accent. So um, I was born in South Africa, but I'm now based in Sydney, Australia. And we actually have a saying here. It goes, don't worry about tomorrow. It's already today in Australia. So (laughs) 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 tomorrow is a good day. Um, (laughs) So I'll let you know, I started studying design and event management back in uni or university. And um, after that, I actually opened up my own events company, which I absolutely love. We did weddings, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs. And, you know, during that time, I got a lot of people who approached me and asked me to come and design and decorate in their homes. And from there, I was just totally hooked. The first time I did my first job, I fell in love with it and you know, some people buy shoes and, and jewelry. I love homeware. So for me, it's just the perfect job. I get to shop with other people's budgets and I absolutely love it. And it's just a passion. So I decided to open up my interior design firm and here I am years later and I'm still loving
0: it. That's amazing. That is so awesome. And I love it when I see women and moms living their dream, like, you know, working their passion and it just, it lights me up and it lights me them up too. So thanks for sharing. And let's dive in. Let's go. So let's talk about something that many, many moms have been talking about in my world recently. And that is arts and crafts spaces. How to organize them, how to keep them organized, how to keep them tidy. And this has just been like Popping up all over the place in Facebook groups, my own clients, friends. Yeah. So, what are your tips in regards to arts and crafts areas? How can we keep them organized and tidy? It's
1: a great question. I think, you know, since COVID started, it's brought out this huge spark in people to want to create. I think the, the moment the COVID hit, I went online and just ordered a whole lot of stuff for my daughter. She's four. Um, yeah, I've got a beautiful four-year-old. I didn't mention that. Um, and you know, I think that's the biggest thing is clutter. How do we deal with clutter? How do we organize it, especially with arts and crafts, because we want our kids to be creative. We want them to make beautiful things, but where does all the stuff go? So first thing would be is you need to purge. That's the first step. Sometimes the hardest thing, but, you know, you get these dried out tubs of paint and broken pencils and crayons and things that just don't work. And I find that even with kids, like they get frustrated if something's there and it's not even working for the color that they want. So first of all, purge the things that you don't need. Get rid of them or recycle them. Then the second thing I would do is start categorizing all your materials. So your paints and your drawing items, the glue-on things, the buttons and lollipop sticks, start grouping them so that there's some kind of categories that you can make sense of and the kids can make sense of, you know, like Play-Doh, all that stuff, papers, everything. Put it all out on the counter, on the table, on the floor, wherever there's a space because, as we know with moms, there's not always a clear space on on the counter or the table. So wherever there's a space, find a space. And then the next thing I would say is, you know, have a dedicated area to put everything. So whether it could be like a unit with removable drawers, if you've got a a big, you know, area. And if not, you know, even something like um, an oversized toolbox, where Mm. you can start putting those little tiny tidbits in, you know, those pieces that just keep getting, you know, lost and, and missing. And the other thing, of course, is label. So, One thing is some kids are not at the stage of reading yet. So with labeling, what I like to do is actually print a photo. So if it's Play-Doh, you know, have Play-Doh and then a picture of the Play-Doh or papers. And so that your kids who are younger, who can't read yet, they can visually see where to put things. Mm. So that's another important step.
0: I love that idea of a toolbox. I have never thought of that.
1: Can I just tell you, we've had so many arts and crafts over COVID and I ended up buying some little um, tackle boxes, you know, for fishing. Yes. And they're so cheap. They're, they're super available. Not everyone's going out fishing. So there's plenty around. And, you know, just stick all that stuff in there. And it's, it looks great. You can pull it out and it's ready to go. And it's all in one place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And if you have a larger toolbox, you can put little Yeah, you can put larger
1: or... things. Exactly. Yeah. And
0: exactly. And I mean,
1: look, you can do those, those plastic tubs, But of course, not everyone has that space. So it's a matter of trying to utilize what you have. So Mm -hmm. if it's a smaller space, then definitely I would try to go for more compact things when you can. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then, um, so so you set it all up. How often do you purge? Like, what's your recommendation? Because it's so easy for these spaces to just get Mm -hmm. out of hand.
1: Yeah, look, it's a really great question. I think, um, Look, being a mom myself, I mean, I'm only a mom of one and I feel like I never have enough time and I can't imagine your hands are also full. I think Purge, maybe try once a month, just do a little checkup, you know, have a little quick browse, make sure things are working. Even if you've got some older kids, get them to sit down and help you and maybe like check all the pens are working, check that the paints are actually not dried out and try and make it a little habitual thing. Maybe while you're, you know, listening to a podcast, put everything out and, You know, and I know it's difficult, it's not easy to always manage, but maybe once a month or once every couple of months and just do a little checkup and see, you know, even get the kids to join in if you feel that it'll help them, you know, learn when things are finished. That's also another thing to do.
0: Yeah, training them. I love that idea of putting a photograph of the item. Yes you know, in this, in the space, because that, that way you can train them to put things away. Sometimes my kids are better at it than me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I listened, my kid puts me to shame. She takes her plate to the kitchen, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So anything like that, you know, any little thing where they can participate and learn, I think is huge for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, So for so many moms, when the house Right, the spaces that we lived in were organized and tidy. Pre kids, right? Pre husband, yes. pre spouses, pre kids, and then as the kids get older and like you start to have a one year old around the house, and they just pull the clothes out of the drawers, they pull yes. the Tupperwares out of the cupboards, and it can get out of hand really quickly. And I find that it actually takes a bigger toll on moms because. Yes. People start to feel like, oh my gosh, I can't even get a grasp on my kitchen. You know, I can't yeah. get a grasp on their dresser and my kid, like the floor in my child's room. And then it's yeah. just, you know, these feelings of inadequacy and shame and like all of this start to creep in. So what's your advice about keeping things organized and tidy with the hustle and bustle of kids?
1: Okay, that's an excellent question. Um, So I feel the same as you. Before I had my daughter, I felt like I had so much time to get things organized. I had so much time to like clean the floor or clean the kitchen or get my bedroom organized, whatever it might've been. And it's amazing with kids and God bless them. I love them and I want more of them. And you're amazing, like with your family, it's (laughs) incredible. My hat goes off to you because I'm in awe when like mothers can even get dressed in the morning. You know, so- (laughs) the fact that you're dressed and ready today is beyond like that is like step one achievement you know you know the the main thing about being organized for the home i think is getting kids involved in trying to keep it organized so for me we used to live in a tiny little two bedroom one bathroom tuna can apartment for about 11 years and we recently moved i found that being able to maybe have an adult space like the for us it was our living room so we had a living and dining room combined and during the day you know when my daughter was little and i have a home with me a lot i would let her bring toys in you know and have, things would be on the floor and all that but i think at the end of the day making sure to remind myself that this was still going to be an adult space and having things available there that i could use for storage So, you know, having like little baskets, if someone popped over and I knew someone was coming, I could quickly put things back into a basket or, you know, just having things available that you can move around and make sure that there was, there was some more space again. And I think as well, nowadays, there's so many incredible designs when it comes to furniture. You know, you can get these amazing uh, coffee tables that become a desk and they have drawers. And they lift up and have all these compartments that you can shove all these tiny little bits and pieces into. So, it's, again, you can sort of recuperate and, and get back some of that space that you want. And I think also when you can, getting the kids involved, you know, I think as much as it can be difficult sometimes, making it, you know, something where when they get cleaned up and they, they get everything going, it's a challenge and it's a little bit of a competition and they get a little bit of a sticker or something at the end, you know, a little reward that says, you know, well done. I'm so proud of you, you know. Mm. So I think that's a big thing. Um, And I think also, really, we can't be so hard on ourselves. You know, at the end of the day, we've got kids around all the time. We're trying to stay organized. We're doing the best that we can. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you can get a little bit of an area nice and cleaned up where you can feel that you've reclaimed some of your space, I think that's really what's important. Mm -hmm. And for me really it's about having available storage so anything that you know you can put some toys into that's there and that's easy to access and grab I think that's important and also i um, going through their toys and making sure that you purge those as well because I find that that can also become a huge overclutter. um I don't know how it is in your place but I found you know over time we have accumulated things and more things and birthdays happen and my mom every week brings my daughter something for Shabbat which is so sweet but of course <laughs> it all slowly you know accumulates and, and becomes bigger and bigger and i think keeping tabs on that stuff and not letting that get out of control is also you know really important
0: yeah and i have to say i am so lucky because my husband charlie bless his heart he's here somewhere he is incredible at clearing stuff that we don't need. Like he wow. he will wow, purge. Wow. He is a purger <laughs> he and I cannot it. imagine what my <laughs> life would look like if he were not in the picture <laughs> to help me purge. Because even with him around, like we have this big tub in one of our kids' rooms and it's got, I mean, it still has baby toys that I just am too Um, attached to, to get rid of. And I acknowledge that it's all me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It's (laughs) hard. (laughs) I know you're like, Oh, but it was from when they were one month
0: old, you know, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, there is incredible value in doing that. And it's, um, this is a great action item for me to now when we're closed up with this interview, go and tackle that bin because most of that stuff we haven't used in, many, many months.
1: (laughs) Now I was going to say as well, the easier thing to do as well is purge when they're not there because suddenly they're, you know, reconnecting with Ollie the elephant that hasn't been in their lives for the last, you know, 17 months, you know, or, but I want to play with this sticker book because I haven't played with it in so long. And then it becomes a whole like grabbing onto the past sort of situation. And it's hard because as a parent, you want to give them everything and you you kind of don't want to deny them. You're like, oh, but they love it. And, you know, it becomes an emotional thing. So I think you've got to go into it saying, you know, I'm reclaiming my space. I can't get emotional about this. I'm going to keep a few really precious things that are important to me. And that's important too. Like, don't just obviously just chuck everything out, but find the sentimental things that are important and keep those because that's, you know, that's what's important is the little memories to also hold on
0: to. Yeah, absolutely. Someone once told me that when they purge their closet, they take the clothes that they're like somewhat attached to, but really don't need anymore. Yeah, And they take that shirt and they give it a kiss and they say, thank you shirt for being in my life or bringing me joy. Marie
1: Kondo, it was, yeah, that was amazing. I think that's changed a lot. Yeah. That's Marie Kondo. Uh, It's quite quite an amazing, yeah. It's an amazing way to sort of, it's like honoring, honoring the things you have. Right. right? And I think that's really important. So yeah, that's something you could do. You can feel a little less attached and feel like I'm honoring you, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So something that I just want to highlight in what you said was that you made this recommendation that you allow yourself to have an adult space, like yes. you recognize, you know, somewhere as an adult space. And yes, that's, that's a really cool perspective. You know, when you're like in a smaller house and there's not necessarily an additional room that can be a playroom, it's yes. really easy for the living room or the dining room to just become the kid's playroom.
1: hundred percent. I think that was my biggest, it was like my biggest challenge when we lived where we did that I really, really... Did my best, and I felt like we both committed to it. Me and my husband, um, Gabe, also wonderful guy, I love him. He does the laundry in my home, so I can't complain <laughs> at all. I have no complaints. Apparently, it's a family tradition, and I am so on board with that. So that's, that's all good. But um, he's also he was fantastic, and we we work together as a team, and I think that's also important. You know, um, whether you're a single parent or whether you're married, um committing to something like that is important because at the end of the day you want somewhere where you're not surrounded by clutter and you're not surrounded by toys and you can you know sit back and watch a nice movie or read a book or have a glass of wine and kind of feel like okay I'm kind of an adult just for like the next hour and a half until someone wakes up or someone needs a bathroom you know so just giving yourself some space I think it's
0: very important. And it doesn't have to mean that the toys aren't there, but it means that they're put away in a way, you know, in a, in a nice wicker basket. Exactly.
1: I mean, yeah, like they're, they're kind of in a more esteemed, you know, surrounding. They're not just in some like plastic tubs from Ikea or whatever that, you know, it looks, in my words, like it looks chic. It looks chic. <laughs> so, you know, no matter what, you, you've got, you can have toys everywhere, but when they're all contained like that, you kind of wouldn't know. So, right. yeah, that's my big tip.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And something that we do in our house is we try to put all the toys away at the end of the day. That's fantastic. That's Even the best though they come today. out the next day, like
1: hundred percent. And look, it it can be really frustrating because you like, clean up so beautifully, you know, and like the floor is clear and everything's done, and it feels like yes. And you come in the morning and it's just like a bomb's gone off again. <laughs> but you know, I think that's the whole thing is is keeping up because if we don't end up cleaning up at the end of the day, it's just going to get more chaotic and more manic and you know, it just becomes out of control. So I think being able to do that and have that habit is important.
0: Amy, talk to me more about storage of artwork, because organizing supplies, you know, and paper is one thing. But then you come out and even the kids bring home from school, just these mountains and mountains of pictures and beautiful stuff that they've done. So what's your advice?
1: So I had a little bit of an epiphany at one point. Um, My daughter loves painting. She loves drawing and she brings home beautiful little things. You know, all these things come home every day. You basically gain about 365 days of artwork. And you're like, what do I do? Like, you don't want to get rid of it, but you also kind of don't know how to display it. You don't have enough space. So one of the things I came up with, which I would really love, you know, if people gave this a try, because we just loved it. So what I did was my daughter would come home every day with her little artworks and um, you can use any mobile phone that has a camera on it. And what I would do is you photograph the little pieces or big pieces of artwork, make sure you've got some good lighting. I actually go outside to do it. I find that's the best. There's no shadows. And then um, I like to use, there's a software called Blurb. So I think it's actually American. It's a photo book software. And you photograph and you add it to the software every, you know, every week or so, add in those artworks. And at the end of the year, you can print off the most beautiful photo book that you can then use and keep for the kids. And you can even send a copy to the grandparents, which they will adore. (laughs) And um, it's just, it's such a great way of being able to at least capture and keep even the little small scribbles that they do because they're still precious and you don't feel bad in a way then if you have to sort of recycle a few or whatever to not have to store tubs of them then it's a great way to still keep them and have a permanent memory of them.
0: What a fantastic idea and I love that point that you made about giving a sending a copy to the grandparents because there's no more special gift grandparents don't need anything
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> right they need hugs and kisses that's hugs it. And kisses. This is like yeah <laughs> exactly level.
0: yeah and you can even put in a photo or a few photos of your child or children or family as well yeah, yeah. even them wow. drawing
1: the picture whatever it is you know make it personal and sentimental and you know when they're 18 years old you can even keep some of the books and wrap them up and give it to them as a gift, you know, and show them the little artist that they grew
0: up to be. That is such a sweet idea. What do you, what do you do? Like, do you keep their actual artwork for a certain amount of time? I
1: keep like the best of the best little things that she brings. I mean, in the beginning when I first had her, I think I kept every little scribble if it was on a post-it, if it was on a (laughs) napkin, you know, you get so like, oh my gosh, they made it for me, you know? But I feel like over time it does it can get really sort of cluttering, and you end up with tubs and tubs and boxes of artwork. Um, so I think for me, what I did was I kind of laid it all out one day, and I sort of I wanted to select the best pieces that I felt I could maybe you know put up in her room and frame them. Some people mm-hmm. do that, or you can even put up a little rope across their room and and pin them, and you can interchange them out every few months. and then that way, you feel like you've used them, you've displayed them. And if they go to you know the little recycle bin at some point you don't feel so bad because you've got that little permanent memory mm. so.
0: I love that I absolutely love that I want to start doing that that is such a good idea thank you for that tip no problem so Amy tell me what if you are not naturally organized great
1: question I think most of us are probably not naturally organized I know some people who've I've always known that they've been phenomenal with being like that. But Mm -hmm. I think as human beings, you know, that's what we are. We're human beings and things get messy and things can get chaotic and a bit out of control. So I'm going to do a little bit of an analogy for you and I'll show you where I lead to from this. So I want you to imagine that you guys have booked a beautiful vacation um, to a five-star resort. It's on the ocean. You know, you can hear the waves. You've got the most beautiful hotel room that you've ever seen in your life. It's got glass walls and a beautiful balcony that opens out to the beach. And you go with your family and you have the most amazing time. You open the doors and it's just unbelievable. You put all your stuff down and you go out for the day. You have the best day with the kids at the beach. You get home, have dinner, you go to bed. And you wake up the next day and you guys head out on your next adventure. So then you have an amazing day out, another amazing day, and you come back to your hotel room put the key card in the door. You open up the door and the room is completely shambolic. It is a complete and utter mess. The bed's unmade. There's clothing on the floor. The wet towels that you used this morning are still there. Everything is still there. And basically housekeeping hasn't come. Okay. So it's not a great scenario, right? Like it's not, it doesn't give us a good feeling when that yeah. happens. And I'm sure it's happened to you and it's happened to me. It's happened to a lot of people. Yeah. So what I kind of wanted to do with that analogy is I want us to imagine that that hotel room is also our bedroom. It's like our master bedroom. And one of the biggest lifestyle things that I like to work on is trying to make our bed. I know that it's a really kind of basic and simple thing, but You know, when you go to a hotel and you come back to your room and the bed's made and the floor's clear and everything just feels so welcoming and serene and calm, that feeling I think is so important for your mental and emotional health, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like even at home, I know it can be really hard with the kids around and all the chaos, but just taking that one little extra minute during the day that you go and you just fold the sheets over and puff up the pillows and you've got a beautiful bed waiting for you when you get home you've already feel like you've achieved something I know it's something really small mm. but it really gives you a sense of like I don't, I don't know for me it gives me a sense of like okay I've, I've done something today I've achieved something today it's like it makes me feel good
0: it's like a little a little win right off the bat
1: 100% like you haven't even made breakfast or got dressed or brushed your teeth you know yeah. But you've made your bed and it's just, it's such a massive difference, you know, such a massive difference. So that's one of my biggest things is literally making your bed. It'll change you. I'm telling you, like I've grown up doing this all my life. My mom used to always, even growing up in South Africa, we had people who would make our beds for us, but my mom refused. She said, no, you guys need to make your own beds. And back then I was like, oh, whatever, you know, like, I don't have to do this, but you know what? I really appreciate it now because it's really just taught me like that little bit of extra self-respect for myself that, you know, I've, I've done something for the day, you know, and I feel good about it.
0: Uh, self-respect. I mean, those yes. are, that that's a powerful phrase, self-respect. And yeah. the fact that you can show yourself a little bit of self-respect you can call it self-care, whatever you want to, exactly. Whatever you want to phrase it, but, it as.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Self-care. I like even more because I think that's what it is about for being, being a mom is some self-care,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and like feeling worthy that you deserve like somewhere calm and welcoming at the end of a really stressful day, you know, mm-hmm. which, which can be most days sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah, and something that I didn't think of before our interview was also that so many of us are now home all the time.
1: 100%, yeah. So so that's, yeah, being being in our environment, like our homes have literally become our offices. And even if you're working out of your bedroom, which some people are, it's just, it's nice to have something that looks and feels, you know, crisp and clean and welcoming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely a good point there.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what, what other tips do you have for us?
1: So what other tips have I got for you? I wanted to talk about things like flooring as well, because I know mm-hmm. some people who rent, for example, you have carpet and there's always that stress and that panic about um, you know, spills and, and things like that. And especially when you're a tenant, you don't want to really mess anything up. Mm. So one of my big things I like to recommend is I know parents are quite afraid of rugs, but you should look into rugs that are made from something called polypropylene. These are really, really common. You can get them almost at every store, department store. And basically what they are is, you know, when you go to the kid's playground and they have those ropes that hang down, they're like a plasticky sort of rope Mm -hmm. with knots in them. So that's polypropylene. And these rugs are made from the same kind of thing. So when you have spills or accidents, those rugs basically are almost stain resistant and spill resistant. So if you've got a playroom with like super cream, light white carpet that doesn't belong to you, putting down something like that can be such a lifesaver Mm. because A, they're super inexpensive and B, you know, it's easy to clean up and you don't have to stress about it. Mm. So I think that's also really important is being able to still live and not panic about like every little thing going everywhere, you know, being able to contain it and, protect maybe something that doesn't belong to you but having a bit of home pride too and and they look beautiful they look like any other sort of persian rug
0: that's so great i'm not a rug person but like yeah. it's just so out of my frame of <laughs> thinking yeah yeah and so i really appreciate you bringing that up cuz wow that really could be a game changer
1: yeah i mean a lot of people have things they inherit like wool rugs and all that stuff and while they're wonderful you really don't want to spill something on a wool rug especially with kids so if you still want to kind of brighten your home up and feel like it's got a little bit of extra, you know, wow, then, you know, go ahead and, and look into those because they're fantastic. And I've used them a lot in a lot of projects. So
0: yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Do, do you have any other like pointers similar to that? Like different fabrics or? Um...
1: Um, well, I would say as well, when you're planning on buying furniture, Look at upholstery that's probably not the lightest, brightest, white, you know. Um, I think we've all got to be really practical when it comes to having kids. You don't need to go out and get a some kind of crazy checkerboard, uh, you know, sofa, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think um, nowadays there's so many incredible options for us out there. I mean, I have at my place, I've got some sort of beautiful velvety dark grey couches and they have stain protection super worth every single penny, hundred percent. It's not a scam. If they offer it, go for it. Because so what
0: is stain protection? Does that mean they spray?
1: Yeah. So what they do is they, they have the natural fabric that they use. And quite often they're pretty hard wearing like commercial fabrics, but what they do is they put a special coating on top of it. So if you spill something, it's almost like stain repellent or it sits on top of the couch instead of sinking in, which is a parent's worst nightmare when it sinks in. Yeah. So Yeah, highly recommend something like that. They call it Scotch Guarding here. I don't know what they call it in the US, but um, a lot of places offer that. So if you do buy a sofa or something like that, definitely ask if they've got some kind of stain protection.
0: So that's important. Such good advice. This is awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been awesome. Is there one last piece of advice before we say goodbye related to organization or not uh, that you want to share? I do. I've actually okay. got two. One of them is that um,
1: I'm sure as a very busy mom, you've had moments where you've stepped on something like a piece of Lego.
0: Yes.
1: Has that happened to you? And yeah. it's painful, right? Super mm-hmm.
0: painful. Okay. <laughs> so, middle of the night.
1: I know, middle of the night. And you're just, you're just trying to get wherever yeah. you need to go and bang. So, one of the things that I uh, came up with, which I really hope that people can take on is something called the lost box so what is the lost box the lost box is basically any kind of container it can be a shoe box it could be a tupperware it could be any kind of plastic container and um, something that's big enough that you can fit uh, different pieces in and for me it's got to be something that's pretty and whatever and that's just me but it could be whatever anyway when you come across a piece whether it's a puzzle piece or a lego piece or something that's you know uh, from a set of dolls and you don't know where it belongs pop it in the lost box because all that does is it brings it all together and then when you come across the things that you know the puzzle that's missing a piece or uh, the legos that are missing a piece you know that it's all together in one place mm-hmm. and um i started doing this you know just over a year ago and it's been so amazing Because instead of having all these strewn out, you know, little pieces scattered everywhere, Mm. I've got it all in one place. And I go, oh, I think it might be in the lost box. Mm. And it's been like a revolutionary idea in our family. We've taken it on and it's been fantastic. And my daughter even knows, mommy, can we put it in the lost box? You know? (laughs) That's great. What an awesome
0: idea. I think I want to implement that. Yeah, Yeah. Because also what's happened to me sometimes is that, there's like this key piece to, it's like lost socks. Like there's this key piece to a toy and I can't find it and I can't find it. And so then I get rid of the board game or, you know, I, I recycle or whatever. And then like two months later, I find that missing piece. And then I regret getting rid of that whole beautiful game. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? And so it, it can avoid that also.
1: You know what gave me the idea is um, at our old place, I found this like really weird looking piece of white plastic with like tubes on it. And I thought, this is just a piece of junk. I'm going to throw it away. Well, lo and behold, it's time for me to make a cheesecake. And I bring out my Cuisina to blend my biscuits up. That little white piece was literally the main component to holding the entire art together. Oh, no. So, it literally it held the blades together it held the motor together this tiny little piece of something and I remember thinking to myself gosh like what am I missing what? and then I just had this brainwave oh my gosh that little white tube looking thing I threw it away and I even remember my husband said to me are you sure you want to throw that because he's he's very like he likes to hold on to stuff I love you Gay, but he likes <laughs> to hold on to stuff you know I'm the purger and he's like the he's the hoarder, yeah yeah you know not a hoarder, but he loves his sentiments, or he holds onto sure, stuff. Sure, sure. And um, my gosh, I was. I, There's the first time in our marriage, I was like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> uh-huh. And that's what gave me the idea. So I think, yeah, when you find something and you're just not sure where it belongs, but you know it belongs to something, pop it in the lost box.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. So, Great.
1: and my, I guess one of my last pieces of advice is, you know that people don't have to follow trends. I work with a lot of different people and different backgrounds. And, you know, there's so many things going on with all these different movements, like the Scandinavian movement and boho and all that. But I wanted to just tell moms out there that you don't have to follow what's in or what's trending at the moment. You should go with what you love. You know, if you love collecting art or if you love pieces that are really different and eclectic or you like vintage stuff, Don't be afraid to embrace that. And I think, you know, everyone's homes are unique and that's what makes us special. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why, like, you know, that's why we're different to say having a hotel room like we talked about, because they're all the same. You know, they're all, you know, monotone. But having something that's yours and belongs to you, I think that's what's really important. And we should embrace that because at the end of the day, that's where we're coming home and that's where we're with our family. And, you know, We should love where we are and we should love our homes and we should love ourselves. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's important.
0: Thank you for raising that. I remember when we moved into our house, we had hardwood floors on the whole main level. And there was something about it where like I would go into the bedrooms and I just, there was just something that I felt. And then I said, we have to put in carpet because I want the bedrooms to be cozy. And that's so not the trend here. Like the trend is, you know, wood, floors, all the way. But it really made a huge difference to me. Once we put in that carpet, I was like. You feel home. That's it. That's it. And you should go
1: with that. Like, you know, that's what's important. I think at the end of the day, there's so much pressure on people to have their homes looking a certain way, you know, and or how we should dress a certain way. But honestly, I really love the fact that everybody's different. And I think that we should, we should keep it like that because that's how God made it, you know, that none of us are the same and everyone has different tastes. And, you know, even when I have a client who will say to me, what do you think? Um, I sort of say to them, well, it's your home. So what mm. do you think? Mm. Because you're the one who's going to live here and you're the one who's going to enjoy it and i think it's also really important to collaborate with people so i don't just go and decorate people's homes but i collaborate with them like someone that i'm working with at the moment she's got some really interesting art collections and it's cool cuz i get to sort of embrace all that and work around it and you know pair things with it that otherwise you know um other people would find eclectic and i enjoy <laughs> that you know it's it's a challenge and i enjoy it
0: yeah yeah so cool! That's so great. Um, cool. So tell us. I know you have a special gift for our listeners. Can you tell us about that? Sure.
1: So I wanted to just offer everyone a little free e-guide that I created, just with some tips and life hacks on how to be organized. You know, during the chaos, and um, try to create a home that. You love being in and your family loves being in. So I'm happy to give that to everybody listening today.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And guys, that little e-guide will be in the show notes. So when you listen to this episode, just make sure to peruse the show notes, find that. And we will also include all of Amy's links, her website, her social, so that you can get in touch with her if you want some design help or want to bounce ideas or just, Um, just chat. Amy is quite a special person. So Amy, thank you for joining me today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I know your time is valuable and I so, so appreciate you choosing to spend it here with us on the Two Mom Life podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Two Mom Life podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please remember to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about me and my work helping moms feel filled up and in balance, or helping moms integrate family adventures, big and small, into mom life, or to explore how we can work together, visit my website, loveadventuremom.com, or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle loveadventuremom. Till next time, l'chaim to life.